2: This is Paul Hawkesbury and Andy Jacobs and this is the H&J Daily with some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. Well, there was a story about a a kit clash for Newcastle in their game against Brighton this week, so we turn to the Bristol City legend, player, turn kit man, Scott Murray, who told us how it all worked, which was very interesting, as was our chat with author James Montague on a day when Qatar was uh, in the news around the World Cup. James's uh, book When Friday Comes about football in the Middle East has been revised and updated mm. and he was really interested on uh, the World Cup we can expect and football in that part of the world we had a bit of a chat didn't we? We did we had the Paddy Power challenge quiz uh, with Ben Fletcher and we're going to bring that to you uh, today as and well and don't forget we launched our new podcast podcast extra yeah, I'll give you more stick around I'll give you more information on that in a moment
3: Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Eddie. Uh, good afternoon, Paul. And in the style of private eyes, Eric Jarvis Thrib. So farewell, Timo Werner. Oh, yes. You weren't very good. <laughs> they, Chelsea announced he was leaving, and I, put, I couldn't resist that. I'm surprised he didn't miss, his, miss the plane. He missed everything else.
2: It was an interesting. He, he sent a um, sort of message to the fans, but it was written mm. as if he'd done it on a typewriter. Did you see it? <laughs> no, I didn't bother yeah, to read it. It was it said, was like, thank <laughs> you, everybody. It, we but, had some uh, great times. We won a Champions League. Yeah. But it was no, like look, something he was looking for, like, letters of note, that fine book. It's unfortunate it didn't work out, you know, but I mean. He was a good player. I saw him play for Leipzig mm. against us, and I thought oh, he was no, going to be he, great. He'll for he. go
3: back and score goals there. Don't worry about that. Yeah, he will. I don't know what it was. you saying Bundesliga? Is it all that? No, something about playing. A stri- being a striker for Chelsea, very few have seemed to have managed it over the period. Did they not play to his strengths? or? Well, I think they did. I mean, look at the chances he missed. You can't, yeah. you can't really argue he didn't play to his strengths. No. He's missed hundreds of chances. I mean, just yeah. s- so many and simple. I mean, sick if you're
2: statisticians, what
3: mm. was his actual hit rate, chances, his conversion rate? I think it was rate. about one in three, something like that. Okay. So how great is it for a striker? And, you know, and he had a lot of chances and. Mm. and But what they will miss is the way he stretches defences, which, you know, he's got pace. He's a good runner. If he didn't have that pace in the run, I told you, he wouldn't even be a Sunday league player. (laughs) Skills, honestly, just (laughs) not there for me. But there you go. Uh, Good luck to him in the future. Yeah, you don't mean that. but um, I'm not really, but there we go. (laughs) We
2: wish him all the best for the future. No, we don't. We don't. Um, well, you know. Once well, I mean, been, I've got nothing against him. Your- I wish him all the best for the right, future. You could do really. He scored, I've seen him score twice against Tottenham. One for Leipzig and once for Chelsea. Yeah. So um, good riddance, I say. If he yes. keeps scoring against Tottenham, well, that's
3: true. Yeah. Um, how many did he miss against Tottenham? Yeah, uh, that will be more. True, of yeah. the biggest point really. Uh, Times readers have mm. reacted to the uh, BBC's decision mm. not to uh, read the classified results, yeah. and eighty-four percent were against the decision to drop it. Right. I'd love to make a decision that 84% of people hated and right. thought was wrong. you <clears throat> oh, perhaps I got this one wrong. Yet we're still on <laughs> air, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, that's also true. Yes. But, uh, no, nah, you know, it's a, it's a poor decision. Mm. Yeah, I think so. Uh, I mentioned this... Uh, Sportsman, I saw yesterday. I thought, what a brilliant name this bloke's got. Yeah. he's uh, He was playing in the Maharaja Trophy at another T20 tournament that you couldn't care less about. He's <laughs> playing for the Shivamonga, Shivamonga, Moga Strikers. Uh, 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 the pardon? The Shivamonga, Monga Moga, Moga. No, the Shivamoga Strikers. And his name is, he owns the batting, Stalin Hoover. Wow, what a great Tremendous. name. He got a golden duck. Apparently it was his second of the tournament, so not going well for Starling. Starling Hoover. <laughs> Starling Hoover. Okay. I don't know if he's any relation to Dyson Fury. I, oh, <laughs> blimey. Thank you no, very much. No, let's not have your <laughs> vacuum cleaner-based
2: players. <laughs> no, Definitely not. Well, maybe. I don't know. Have you looked up mm. Starling uh, Hoover? What does he look like? Is well, he...
3: he's just normal... Okay, here. I'm just having a look, look at
2: him now, Starling who? Uh, <laughs> He's got a big moustache, think. No, okay, fair enough. Um, I can't, I mean, there's no obvious pictures of him here. Yeah. Uh, that tournament has not got a great deal of traction on Google by the look of it. So. No, it wouldn't do. That was another good name yesterday from the. We, brought, we took you around the grounds yesterday, Adrian. We had some live football for you as well, of course, on Talk Sport 2. And we'll do that all again, I, I believe, tonight. we got more. Um, Uh, Carabao Cup action for you around the grounds this evening Mm. And uh, we've got a big game tonight uh, Certainly Sheffield Wednesday versus Sunderland Two sleeping giants Oh yes Our first round game Jim Proudfoot and Neil Redfern Are your commentary team for that one uh, And last night in the uh, Carabao Cup We had a a, a fantastic uh, name of a player um, And it was um, Saxon Early (laughs) First name Saxon Second name early. Oh, really? That's a good name. But it's That's no good name. It's no Starling Hoover. But anyway, <laughs> they didn't really take us anywhere Starling no, really. Hoover, did it? Unless you not wanted really. it to. Well,
3: I don't mind.
2: We're gonna talk <laughs> later on about the fact that Newcastle are gonna to have to wear their training shirts for their game this weekend against Brighton. Because there is a there's a, a kit clash, three kits, of course. Mm. And you would think that these would all be vetted by the Premier League, so every team could play the other team without there being a kit Yeah, you clash. think they'd look at that, wouldn't you? Yeah, and so they'd say, no, look, you can't wear that as your third kit because you couldn't wear that against Brighton, so you're going to have to change Blue it. and white
3: stripes, any <clears throat> stripes are tricky because it, it rules yeah. you out immediately against two colours. You can't play anybody mm. in white and you can't play anybody in blue. There obviously. would be, there would be a, I'll tell you what would be a, a
2: fun uh, prospect, is if, if both teams played in the same kit yeah, I've often see, thought that. See how that would skew the result? So It would, it would be quite confusing. You'd, you'd, you'd toss 50 minutes before the game, right? You'd go out mm. there and when you, you know, handed in your team sheets, the two captains would go in and uh, the referee, he's uh, tossed a coin, heads, mm. heads at ears, what are you going to do? We'll wear our, we'll wear our uh, home kit today. <laughs> so,
3: But would you benefit from that? What, if both teams wore the same kit? Both teams wore the same there, kit. But there are some players who you wouldn't notice the difference, who always continually give the ball away well, to yeah. the opposition. Would it
2: skew a result if both teams wore exactly the same kit? So you had to pick out your mates just fine. Don't fire.
3: think Richard Keysby's two no, players. He not worry about a, them wearing the colours. It's a terrible idea.
2: <laughs> okay. I know it's a terrible, it's terrible. idea. But uh, down in the lower reaches, when you play a bit of Sunday morning, Saturday afternoons, How have you got round a kit clash? It's often where the shirt's inside out. If you haven't got any bibs, and a lot of time you turn up without bibs, you turn up with a game, there's been a breakdown in communications. You're wearing the same colours. Maybe you've gone ahead with a game where you're both wearing the same kits. Do let us know. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Now, maybe unprecedented is the word of the day. Because... We've had uh, this um, Newcastle story, which we're just about to bring you. And, of course, we've been bringing you news of Qatar. wanting wanted to change the uh, schedule. Uh, but before we do all that, I bring you news. Oh, yeah. I bring you exciting news. Oh, Andy. I like
3: exciting news.
2: We've launched some new podcasts. You probably know that anyway, Dave. You? Unless your memory's getting even worse. <laughs> Now, you can find us on Apple Podcasts by subscribing to the TalkSport Plus channel. It's all quite straightforward. You'll get ad-free listening to our usual H&J Daily and Clips of the Week podcast,
3: plus two new exclusive podcasts. exclusive podcasts. Yes, I enjoyed doing it. It was fun. It was, was, yeah. 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 You're
2: going to get an extra Clips of the Week special where we'll give you a kind of director's cut Mm. of some of our favourite clips. And coming up shortly, some of those... ...that we can't ever play again because they were deemed a bit too out there or (laughs) too filthy Filthy. for broadcast. (laughs) Inadvertently filthy. Inadvertently filthy, not deliberately filthy. So an extra Clips of the Week special, Mm -hmm. the Director's Cut, favourite clips... ...as well as some we've never actually played before... And ...and also some exclusive extra content from Andy... Yeah. with all of these clippings and garbage he compiles. All the
3: stories that you say to me, that's not sport. <laughs> the
2: Mr. Trebus of sports <laughs> broadcasting <laughs> and all the stuff he hasn't got around to every month. So, uh, yeah, the first of our exclusive podcasts, they're up there now. You can subscribe now at TalkSport Plus on Apple Podcasts. That's TalkSport Plus on Apple Podcasts for a 14-day free trial. Mm, and after good. that, it's just two ninety-nine a month. That's £2.99, of course. No,
3: obviously. Yeah.
2: Well, yeah, lovely. It'll be uh, lovely if you can join us. We'll be doing that mm. on a monthly basis. So, yes, um, Kit clash Newcastle. Funny if we were charging <laughs> euros. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we uh, we pay you in um, paint vouchers, much like good old Starling Hoover. Now. Yes. Um, Newcastle United. If you've been listening to the show, that's going to make no sense at all. It no whatsoever. sense at all. <laughs> Starling. No, not not Starling Hoover. Stop saying that. Newcastle United <laughs> will wear their training kit, uh, which is having to be kind of uh, rejigged mm. for the game against Brighton this weekend because it's been deemed that all the three jerseys they have currently have a. Uh, Kit
3: clash situation.
2: Absolute
3: um, nonsense. Now,
2: looking at the second kit, which we just yeah. have, thanks to Bob and Arbroath, it's quite a deep blue. It's like a deep navy. It's like Scotland playing Brighton. You wouldn't necessarily think that was a kit clash. You just clash. couldn't,
3: whatever your state of your eyes, you couldn't mistake those two shirts. It wow. makes no sense whatsoever. They're
2: now going to wear a kind of light blue affair, which is normally... I think
3: that's more of a clash than
2: the midnight blue. It's strange, blue. isn't it? We thought we would speak to a kit man joining us now. Bristol City legend, played for the club, of course. Turn kit man, Scott Murray, joins us. Hi, Scott. How are you doing, lads? You okay? Yeah, we're good, thanks, Scott. I mean, I, I, <laughs> I don't even have a chance to look at the Newcastle kits yet. Um, I've be... seen it,
4: yeah, I've seen it. Yeah, are you surprised that the second yeah. kit doesn't make it? I, I'm actually slightly colourblind as well, so... Oh, that's handy for a kit man. <laughs> 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 it's, it's, it's probably, that's probably why I kept giving the ball away when I played, I think. So I think um, now the, to be fair, there's not much of the, the, the darker blue I think you'd probably get away with. I think especially in the... The championship this season. I think last season was the first season we were allowed to actually wear same colour shorts as the the, the opponent, and mm-hmm. and it's, it makes it makes a massive difference. But um, for us this season, we got we got three kits, so I think the, the the challenge for us is to to try and obviously not be the the kit clashing. But there's a massive thing about colour blindness at the moment in football as well. I think people watching games on TV, mm-hmm. so I think they're trying they're trying their best to try and make the the kits as opposite as possible.
3: Yeah, I think that's fair yeah. enough because people do suffer from this, and it yeah. is annoying. So that's fair yeah. enough. But when you've got something that n- there's nobody that, I don't care how colour blind you are, you could not mistake their second shirt. It's a solid dark blue a
2: solid against yeah. a midnight a light blue. blue and white stripes.
4: And, and, and to be fair, I, I don't know how they they do it in the Premier League, but the but the Championship, what we do, I um, for example, I'm not a normal. We, we we do ours probably a month in advance. Hmm. So I, I I go to the the club a fair on a Monday. And uh, we, we go through as many kits as possible, and it's all it's all through the EFL. So we pick what kit we want to wear. Uh, we, plug, we, we plug it all in, program it in, and then they'll come back to us to say if it's it's a clash or not. So that's that's the way we do it in the EFL. So I think, um, as I said, it's 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 pretty easy to do. And as I said, at the moment we haven't had any any kit clashes as such hopefully.
2: So you're, you're looking at whoever you're playing you're thinking okay that could be an issue so you play, yes. you say of our kits mm. we think this is the best one to wear. Yes
4: yeah, so, we, so, so me and Sophie probably pick <clears throat> the, out the three kits what kits we want to wear and, mm. and as I said and then the, the EFL come back to us and tell us if we can wear them or not so I think uh, it makes a big and the fact that Newcastle have already got three kits and the three kits this this seem as it's going to clash. It's a that's a big problem, isn't it? <laughs>
2: really. do, Hummel are your sponsors <laughs> at the moment, aren't they? So do they do they run the kits of the season past you? Do they chat to you? Be all No, is- no.
4: I think I think um, to be fair, the um, hum- Hummel. I think they they're pretty good with the kits. Uh, our owners? Uh, they they probably have a big input. We, we, our, our goalkeeper kits, for example, are, are always very lively. So I think um, it'd be pretty impossible to to be a kit clash with them. I think. Yeah. So, I think maybe uh, we, we've been lucky. They, the few kits we've got this season are pretty. They're all really nice kits, so I think uh, that should keep me in a job, should it? But I think, uh, <laughs> but say it's it's, it's, it, to be fair, it's it's all done. I was I have done my probably six weeks in advance now. The the game the games that they, we've got coming up, so I think um, to be fair, someone someone should have probably knew a few weeks ago that there's going to be a kit clash. So I think um, it's a bit of a nightmare for the kit man because mm. it's a lot more printing for him to do. So which is probably the kit man's worst nightmare.
3: I didn't know the
2: kit man did it. So the kit way. man, so what does he go I he to, the went club?
4: to the club? Shop. He goes to the club Stop shop what? and gets no. it done, does he? No, no, no. So what <clears> I, for <throat> example, what I do, I, um, I've got a little printer room at the at the stadium. So I think um, to do a whole kit. So uh, Bristol City, especially everyone in the squad, gets two kits each. I think so to do a whole whole set of kit that probably take me f- four hours. I think just to do just the kit. So I think wow. um, it's 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 a bit of a, a bit of a uh, it's. it's it's hard work. To be fair, I know, and it's more boring than anything because you're stuck in a stuck in a little room, and um, with the heat press. So, I think um so. It's, it's going to be someone at the at the club's going to have a lot of printing to be done. That's for sure. From a
3: colourblind point of view, which kits do you try and so, avoid? Do you know,
4: what? I, I I struggle even um, <clears throat> when I we to chain the the oranges and the, the greens and reds mm. and browns. So it's, it's stuff like that. And I think reds and greens are massive. I think I think um, and obviously with the pitches. And I think but but big. If you're playing at home, then the away team, there's obviously the fans are all going to be wearing red at our place nine times out of ten. So you've got to take it, that into effect as well. So I think and that's what we do when we play away. If you're going to play a team in blue, then obviously the, the keeper's going to be wearing the black kit and it's stuff like that. So it's not as straightforward as everybody everybody thinks, to be fair. But and so the big help for us last season was the fact that the EFL let us wear the same colour shorts, because that was probably one of the the worst parts for us.
2: I'm just showing Andy the goalkeeper's shirt,
3: Scott. Um, <laughs> it's very
2: Michael Denmark '92 like. Oh, oh, it's oh, yeah. got, you know it's what, got that
3: flavour. It's really nice. It's supposed to put off the forwards as, he, as I, you rush I think out. Hmm. Yeah.
4: I think it is. I think the fact that last season's kept was more or less Peter Schmeichel, and I think because Hummels a, a Danish company, mm. I think that's probably what they've <clears> they've done it all off. So I don't mind it. So it, it, it's said it's, that and our keepers, to be fair to them, they they, they quite like him. So. Which is, keep us all barmy So if they don't like the kit Then you're in trouble <laughs>
2: <laughs> No the kit's are nice I'm looking at the third kit At the moment It's sort of black And grey arms so like Lovely green, orange yeah. on it It's a very nice kit
4: actually. So, we, so, we're, we, yeah, so we're wearing that We got wigging on Saturday We're wearing that It's funny because I'm at Burton at the moment So we were um, We were playing Coventry tonight But obviously the game's been changed so we have we have started belting, so we got a game there tonight. So we're wearing a red kit tonight. So it's it's all good fun. Yeah. Good Do fun. you
2: take a spare kit, Scott? Just in so case you I'd take got, another have a lot up no, if you no, go away no, from I'm home?
4: No, 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 because um, because as I because 'cause we've already It's already been sorted, wearing, yeah. It's already yeah, it's already been selected. So I think the the fact that commentary wear blue then, if uh, if we get into trouble wearing red then. Then we are in big trouble. <laughs> have you ever, have you ever forgotten any over the years? Have you ever forgotten any bits of kit? <laughs> no, not right. Honestly, last season, it's um, I actually <laughs> forgot. This is I actually forgot the shin pads. <laughs> oh, and I'm no. not joking. We played, we played, and, and you know what? It couldn't have happened at a worse place. We played Middlesbrough away. <laughs> <laughs> so I was, I'm not joking. I was I was sat at the breakfast table Saturday morning, Um and, and you know when you get that feeling something's wrong. I had a feeling in my head, I went, on, oh, no, oh, I forgot man. something. So I went to the, the van, my, the, the kit van, and I know exactly where I kept my bag of um, shin pads and they weren't there. So I went and told the assistant manager, Jamie McAllister, I said, I listen, I forgot something. And his face went like like he'd like seen a Tina ghost mm. and he got scotty, but he forgot. So he was panicking because I think he thought it was probably boots or kit. Yeah. And I, when, I told, when I told him maybe shin pads, he said, right, get yourself up, over to the sports shop. So I ended up spending 300 quid in shin pads. Even. but the good. The, and the thing is, like, that I was trying to keep it quiet. I didn't want anyone to find out because obviously, it don't look good if the kept man like mm. um, forget something. So Jamie Patterson scored the first goal. We, luckily, we played the best we played all season for that game. <laughs> Beat Middlesbrough away. So he's Jamie Patterson, who's now at Swansea. He scored the first goal. He's taken his shin pad out of his sock and pretended to be on the phone, pointing at me. So me. <laughs> but the, the, these, there's, there's some footballers, up to be fair, footballers are so superstitious. The next week we had to wear the same, same shin pads again.
3: <laughs> I thought they expected you to so, loot, forget them, and then know, go out yeah, and buy yeah. another 300 so, quid's no, worth. So it might be, be expensive. It all
4: ended well because I think sometimes um, you, you forget stuff like that. I think um, some managers might look for an excuse and the kit man would get it. <laughs> so a lot of chat
3: though, very briefly, there's a lot of chat about fans groups becoming involved in clubs. One of the things I'd like to see is those groups be presented with the kit ideas for the next season. Because I think often the kit comes out and the fans go, I don't like that. You know, they still buy they it, though, don't they? They still do, but that's not the point, is it? Why not make a kit that everybody likes?
2: It's quite it's traditional actually...
3: though, Bristol City. They've not really
2: it's not really strayed very much from what you no, wore, no. is it?
4: No, no, it's like no, it's like they obviously red and white's mm. massive, I think. Yeah. I think that's why most um most clubs bring out three kits because surely the fans are gonna like one of the three. That's probably what they're thinking. So but I think uh, no, I think um traditional teams usually stay away with the I think we a we had a purple kit a couple of seasons ago. I think the, the meaning behind that was but I think we beat Liverpool in the FA Cup and the the colour kit we wore that night was was purple, so that's the reason why. We bo- so fans love all retro stuff. It's and um, as I said, it's it's, it's brilliant. It's it's a massive, massive part of football clubs now, especially the the kit releases as well. Although
2: you've gone mm. you've gone back to the fifties, I see. You've gone white sleeves, haven't
4: yeah, that's you? Which I, is that's, what they wore in the fifties. Yeah, that's when I made my debut. I think it was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. So it was back from the um, John Artie, one of the the, yeah, the top goal scorers there. Yeah. Uh, he's. So I think they've gone off. Um, They've gone off that time, so as I said, fans love retro kits, and, and I'm a big Aberdeen fan. And Aberdeen have brought out this season their kits like the 80s when mm. I grew up watching them, it's brilliant. I love it. It's a bit I'm Arsenal, Skype. We don't get Tottenham in the it's FA a, Cup, you would be like red rag to a ball. I, but uh, I'm glad you said Arsenal. Some people say Rotherham. Oh, I'll take Arsenal. It's not a good Rotherham, but I'd rather have Arsenal to be fair. Uh, but no, John? it's
3: the Invincibles. John Attia is one of those players that I know just from Charles Buckens Football Monthly oh yes he's <laughs> like a real old name of,
4: I never <laughs> oh, saw him
2: play
3: good old Andy giving us a bit of that um,
2: nice one Scott lovely to talk to you thanks Absolute for joining pleasure. us pleasure take Absolute care a
4: pleasure see you later bye bye Scott
2: Murray there the Bristol uh, City Club legend turned kit man the Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast Yes, it's time now for Paddy's Challenge, our quiz for charity and association with our friends and official betting partner, Paddy Power. In Paddy's Challenge, we put our sporting knowledge to the test with the chance of raising lots of cash for our nominated charities. I'm playing for the Sporting Memories Network. and he's raising funds for the Willow Foundation and helping to manage proceedings and ensure That's fair theory. play at all times is guest referee, <laughs>
1: semi-automated
2: guest referee. semi Semi-automatous. Uh,
1: it's uh, Mr Ben Fletcher, hi, Fletcher. Good afternoon. i prefer if you kept my medical details to yourself. <laughs> but perhaps at least i did conversation... call you Flesh. Well, yeah, exactly. Flesh. Yeah, there's quite a lot going on here that I'm not happy about, but we'll talk about it in the post-show <laughs> meeting. Mm. So in Paddy's <laughs> Challenge, uh, you'll each be asked three multiple-choice questions, as if such a thing exists, uh, posed by the voice of Paddy Power, Alistair <clears throat> McGowan. The winner will be the player that scores the most points in the event of a tie. You'll both win the chance to raise some cash for your chosen charities. Andy, you won last week. You back. the Gunners to beat Palace in the Premier League on Friday evening. The Gunners did come out on top on the night yeah. with a 2-0 scoreline and another 18 quid for the Willow Foundation. So let's see right. if we can raise more nothing. charity cash. Exactly, more charity cash in this week's Paddy's Challenge. If you believe that a uh, virtual Quintos takes place before this, then good for you. I can reveal that it has yielded pool first okay. on this occasion... So Paul, if you're ready, yeah. here is your first question. What prompted former Man United legend Rio Ferdinand
5: to say, Are you crazy? to a fan at Fulham on Saturday? A. The fan asked Rio to sign his head. B. The fan asked Rio to sign the Liverpool shirt he was wearing. Or C, the fan asked Rio to pose for a shirtless
2: selfie. Um I'd probably go for Liverpool shirt. I'll go yeah, B. That's what I would have said. Good one. Oh, yes.
1: Yes. Absolutely right. Rio Ferdinand, who got the same train as a mate of mine this week. That's a story I'm saving for Parkinson. Just that Piers Morgan, you'll be live tonight. Yes, absolutely right. So, 1-0 to you, Paul. Uh, And if you're ready, here's your first question.
5: According to Chelsea boss Thomas Tuchel, what do his players believe may be cursed? A. One (laughs) of the rowing machines in the Chelsea gym. (laughs) B. The number nine shirt. Or C. The mascot, Stamford the lion. (laughs)
3: <laughs> it is clearly the number nine shirt.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely right. Romelu Lukaku has become the latest in a long line of high, high profile strikers to struggle in the famed jersey. Uh, the supposed curse goes back to the days of Fernando Torres. Uh, Falcao, Morata, and Higuain have also faltered wearing Chelsea's number nine. So maybe, really curse, just maybe, there's well, something in it.
3: Sort of. They I do any goals. I, I do
2: like the idea of a, a cursed rowing machine that Roman <laughs> and Lukaku left because you go into the gym and it was going to. It was like Steve Redgrave was sitting on it, but there was nobody there. That'd be fantastic, wouldn't it? You don't get many ghost stories at football clubs. You don't, you know. No, that's always it, you know. It's a you know, whole podcast no dedicated thing. to haunting. <laughs> Be. Ghost stories
1: at football clubs 03717. Yeah. Uh Paul, here's your what second great question.
2: Football haunting. I don't mean <laughs> terrible players you bought that wouldn't leave. Probably mm. can, can you remind us of some? Because you don't get many. Talksport.com text eighteen eighty-nine tweet TSHNJ it Sounds
1: like another famed talk sport special in the making, doesn't <laughs> it? it For a highly paid social team to get involved <laughs> oh. with. Uh, he's oh, still uh, so Fletcher.
5: <laughs> Fletcher.
1: <laughs> question two, Paul okay. Hawksby Here it comes. <laughs>
5: In a mocking reference to Arsenal boss Mikel Arteta's team <coughs> preparations for a match against Liverpool, seen on All or Nothing, what song did Crystal Palace's DJ play at half-time during a penalty shootout between the club's youth teams? A. Sweet Caroline B. Running up that hill or C. You'll never walk alone
2: um, oh, I don't <clears> know, no, I'll, go, I I'll go C. You'll never walk alone Take that one out there it, we it, 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 Do you honestly Ooh. not know that? No, I didn't know That was no. uh, the,
1: the, the classic uh, The Amazon documentary Showed uh, I'm, I'm, uh, Mikel funny Arteta Funny enough I've
2: not been watching been, yeah. I'm, yeah. Only,
1: understood. I, I'm waiting to the last two he, he, I'm we, only we watching beat. I'm only watching The end of it. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Oh, it I know what happens And I'm only watching The well, end well, of Well, it. spoiler alert It's nothing To answer the question Well, ours, so, was, ours was nothing But we got some skin In this particular game Of nothing Well, absolutely Right, yeah Mikel
1: Arteta Shockingly revealed He played You'll never walk alone During training To G them up For the Liverpool game I'm sorry Yes, that was
2: the story I was oh, going to say yeah before, yes of course I did I know thought you that. said the PA bloke played yeah, I it at half the time P- yeah, the PA in guy. reference
1: to that
3: oh
2: yeah oh,
1: so yeah. it was a, a bit of a, a loving jibe at I, yeah. oh, I, I didn't put the two of two <clears throat> together yeah, well that apologies. worked out well
3: for him didn't it
5: <laughs> well yeah, <exactly>. calm up front <laughs> brilliant mate
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> nicely done uh, so here is Andy's second question and you need this to equalise Andy
5: what factor did Liverpool boss Jurgen Klopp suggest was a key factor in their 2-2 away draw with Fulham last weekend hey the temperature in the dressing room B the referees or C
1: the pitch being too dry Dry pitch Dry pitch Good one that's absolutely right. Klopp has a bit of form here, doesn't he? He's blaming results on other factors COVID 19, snow, wind, heat, not enough fans in attendance. Uh, for Liverpool not performing to their usual standards, they should start calling him Thameslink for the number of excuses he's coming up with. Uh, but again, that's, <laughs> that's a story point. for another day. Thameslink Klopp. So long tape of leaves on the line. Um, I'm here all week, sadly for you. Uh, where are we? It's Paul's third and <laughs> final question <laughs> now, isn't it? It's bit of force, isn't it?
2: Fantastic. <laughs> I think we're on to Paul now. Paul's
1: third and final I question. My seat's
2: right at the back, but I could see him on the big Big screens. <laughs> I
1: can
5: still it's see it's him on the big funny, screen. He? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, here
1: we go, Paul, question three. Here
5: we go. <laughs> what incredible gift did Alan San Maximan give to one lucky Newcastle fan after the Toon won 2-0 in their opener versus Nottingham Forest? A, the keys to a new car. Mm. B, a golden Rolex watch. Or C, a VIP season ticket pass. Well, look,
2: I, I don't want to be a pedant, but none of those are true Because we had Steve Dutton on yesterday The man who was given the watch And it wasn't a golden Rolex It's a G-Shock It's a very nice oh, G-Shock watch. So but for the sake of oh, the It's so ounces, much a better story isn't it yeah, Than it was a Rolex It's a lovely watch He's given a Rolex away before He only give away yeah. so many Rolexes um, So I'm going to have to go for the watch in this case Even though technically it's wrong Three out of three, back of the net, mm. bravo!
5: Absolutely
1: yeah. right, Steve Dutton. Unsurprisingly, gobsmacked. At our apologies for the failings of our friends on the tenth floor. That will be another <laughs> uh, conversation with uh, the senior management, no doubt. So, Andy, you need this um, to equalise and share the cash. Mm. Uh, your third and final question here it comes. A recent
5: fan poll has revealed which beer and pie-loving fans are the fattest in the Premier League. <sighs> I saw this. A, Wolves fans. B, Leicester City fans. Or C, Newcastle United fans. I think it's you can Newcastle. You're going to upset somebody,
2: aren't you? Especially
5: I if think you get it's it Newcastle.
2: Wrong. Three out of
5: three,
1: Ooh, back of the net, bravo! The average waist for a Newcastle <coughs> fan is 38 and a half inches. Wow. Uh, the slimmest are Brighton fans who average 30 inches. Must oh, yeah. be the CN. What a... What a-
2: <laughs> (laughs) Crackpot bit of research (laughs) that is that probably will not stand a great deal of scrutiny. (laughs) Oh, I don't know. If
1: you're going to a pub quiz tonight, you never know. That could be the tiebreaker, (laughs) couldn't it? Well, listen, both of you, um, you've uh, displayed. It says here an awesome display of incredible knowledge of irrelevant sporting facts. So, Paddy's going to give both of you a five-pound free bet. Only remains for me to ask, what are you going to go for? Starting with you, Paul.
2: Well, I'm Mm -hmm. going to go with uh, Ivan Tony to score because I believe, as the kids say, he's going to give Manchester United's defense a bit of a torrid this weekend. I'm not. I'm not going for the win Mm -hmm. necessarily, Mm -hmm. but. I think Ivan Tony will score against Manchester United on Saturday evening. Just going
1: to write that down. Talkie relegated yeah. by Christmas. And you, Andy? <laughs> I don't
2: know, because I haven't looked at the fixtures for this OK, shall so I give them to you? Villa Everton, Arsenal, right. Leicester
1: the Gerard Lampard mm. derby Brighton live on TalkSport Newcastle Manchester City Bournemouth
3: you yeah go I'll go Everton to beat Villa I think Everton showed Everton away a with away. no strikers
1: to beat Villa yeah
3: something about them I, th- I just thought they played really well against Chelsea and uh, okay. Anthony Gordon was tremendous and I think Villa have got a few problems Ooh, oh ok so bold. that'd be decent odds
1: I think Yeah. I, I, I should say the game is live on TalkSport and yeah. we'll see how you get on and reveal the winner and the season total so <clears> far <throat> next week good luck thank you Fletch we'll leave you to uh, pop outside and get a kicking from the social
2: media team and the management and the 10th floor and we'll see you next week uh, that was this week's challenge then thanks to our friends at Paddy Power 18 plus the
1: Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast
2: you've been telling us this afternoon because we've been talking about the Newcastle kit clash against Brighton which means they're gonna to have to wear a, a training kit which is gonna be badged up this week so is it, yes just part of their training ranges for a one-off game um, and how have you dealt with it on the Sunday morning, Saturday afternoon. Our football manager thought about kick clashes and made the whole team wear bright red laces, hoping that as your head is looking at the ball, the next thing you would see is your teammates' red laces. I'm not quite sure sure that works, but I don't know if it it worked for you. Yeah, I quite like that. Uh, My son is completely colourblind, and when he plays rugby, he has to always look at the faces first before he passes the ball. Uh, or is surely it's tackled. the people behind
3: him, though. When you're playing rugby, yeah, they're passing the people in front of you. It's gone wrong. Oh, that's
2: yeah,
3: <laughs> it probably has. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's true. But Westy, the decorator, I thank you, Westy, for that. Yeah, talking of rugby, there's, I mean all this stuff about Eddie Jones. Mm. There's a brilliant piece by Slot in the Times this morning. You know, he's been criticising the English public school system. Yeah. Uh, the one that his daughter went to. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> she yep. went to English public school. Oh, did she Brilliant. really? Yeah, Halesbury, or Haleybury or whatever it's called. Oh, right. Yeah. Um, this letter, uh, this little text to the star me. it was from Jim in Bradford. He mm. said, My faith has been restored by the ladies of the hockey team, the English hockey team, yeah. all of them singing the words to Jerusalem. Yeah. Right. So never mind they won the gold, it's the fact that they could sing Jerusalem. It's yeah. tremendous, isn't it? Well done. It was quite impressive. It's not a song. They've obviously gone out their way to learn it. I yeah. mean, it's a bit
2: presumptive. But I I
3: think I'd rather salute the fact they won the
2: the actual tournament would be better, wouldn't it? They beat the Aussies, didn't they? So, I mean, if I'm the Aussie coach and I'm listening to Mm. them next door learning the words to Jerusalem,
3: I'm pinning that on the dressing room wall. Not that it made any difference, of course, uh, because they still lost. That's true. The world's tallest woman has set three more records including the largest hands for a woman you think I suppose well, it's, it's already surprising all interconnected <laughs> Well, I'd say it's really be a bit worrying <laughs> if the tallest woman had the world's smallest hands wouldn't that's it right. really a bit exactly bit strange. she's 7 foot tall and has 24.93 centimetre long hands why would you mix <laughs> so she's 7 feet tall but mm. meet you given the hands in centimetres Where does um, confuse? where does she live a turkey oh okay yeah so there we go a turkey's um, going to have hell of a goalkeeper <laughs> then aren't they that's very the women's true. team yeah. another letter as far as if she was mm. uh, this looks written to the star about the fact that the BBC have decided to drop the uh, five o'clock results yes, you can yeah. hear here on Talk Sport of course mm. a very amusing advert in the Times today uh, trumpeting that and it says, uh, it says every week every football fan set their radios every week to listen who sets their radio is that even possible <laughs> Oh, yeah, I think you can. Or I think a set f- a radio. On, on the new modern radios. <laughs> I don't think you can. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Another re talks about, he's talking about Gary Lineker's presentation and he said, "They said basically he was a Mickey Mouse footballer. Who said like that? I know. They decided to print this, the star, and you think, played for Barcelona, broke the England scoring record, captained yeah. his country, won various things for various clubs. Mm. Whatever you think of Gary as a presenter, and I think he's great, but whatever you think of him, you couldn't describe him as that. No. <laughs> No, old, doesn't there a great deal of scrutiny, does no, it really? Really, it's, it's quite, it's quite. Now you like really. trainers, don't you? I love a trainer, and yeah. you quite like a
2: lager after work, don't you? Oh, I saw these. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Apparently, the good people at Heineken they've they've got a trainer designer to come up with a very limited edition yeah. um, shoe. It's the sort of thing you'd see on uh, April Fool's Day, but it, mm. apparently it isn't. Um, yeah, uh, the sole is it, filled with lager. I oh, know. That's not. It's the only way you're going to get Big Alan in trainers. Definitely, yeah. the only way you're going to Once see Once you've
3: drunk the lager, though, can you refill them?
2: I think so. Yeah, well, they're refillable. Yeah, I would think so. Otherwise, well, going to get very flat, isn't it? Once you've walked on <laughs> them and a bit warm as well, I would think. I'm not sure what that sort of sole lager would taste like, but uh, there we are. So keep an eye out for those. I think they're more of a gimmick. I don't think they'll be selling them in in JD Sports. No, I
3: don't think so. Um, a bit of a tabloid thesaurus about this story. Thousands of huge spider crabs have invaded a holiday beach. Mm. The snappy sea creatures. Nice. I like that. can't yeah. say spider crabs again. The crustaceans, they always try and get that one. Mm. And then plain and simple them. <laughs> them. <laughs> them. them. Spo- he spotted them while swimming, yeah. apparently. One holiday maker.
2: We brought you a uh, news um, earlier on of um, Stalin. What was his name? Stalin Hoover. Hoover Stalin Hoover. S T A L I N. The Hoover family yeah. um, uh, decided that a good name for their boy to make him into a fine cricketer mm. is Stalin, as in Joseph Stalin. <laughs> it's very quite
3: odd, isn't it? Russian leader. It's very very. But sort. I've uncovered on Twitter. A chap called Hoover Stalin. So if Stalin Hoover ever does anything controversial that people don't like, poor old Hoover Stalin's going to get it on Twitter, isn't he? Because that's yeah. what happens. It's the Chris Hoy, Chris Foy situation, <laughs> Not isn't very it? Very much so. Yeah. Remember we got, because we,
2: uh, we asked Chris Hoy whether he liked football. <laughs> And he said, I'm not a massive football follower. He said, but whenever Chris Foy has a bad game in the Premier League, I get dogs abuse. Oh, people are ridiculous. It's, so <laughs> oh, <no. slow. laughs> it's
3: the only connection to football he <laughs> <you> ever <laughs> had, which is slightly worrying, <laughs> isn't it? yeah uh, Did you see those photos of Brooklyn Beckham getting out of uh, David's 280,000 uh, McLaren 765L team? Mm. Honestly, it's so wrong.
2: He wasn't driving it, he was a passenger, wasn't he? No, I think he was driving it. Was he? I thought he was I a mean, passenger,
3: and it wasn't he in the passenger the seat. The twenty-three-year-old was driving the two hundred eighty thousand-pound, yeah. two hundred and five miles an hour McLaren. Oh. I just think you know, you've got to earn the right to drive. Imagine that caught the
2: insurance company. <laughs> no, 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 no. We just <laughs> get a few details from oh, you. So it said
3: uh, two hundred
2: eighty thousand Mini or something. That's good enough. You 205, need to drive this. Two hundred and five mile per hour. <laughs> How old are you? Yeah. <laughs> Imagine that, ka ching! The insurance company <laughs> <laughs> would love that. We know, I'm twenty-three. Whatever it is. Twenty-three. Yeah. Yeah. Is that what it is? Twenty That's why I'm good at the birthday spread, <laughs> yeah, I guess. That's very true. Yeah, that's all came back to me. Good. Um, I tell you what. I was sometimes mm. you talk about the coppers looking younger. Um, I was uh, <laughs> last week in the papers. Uh, was the story that Forest Green snapped up the ex-Sunderland and Crystal Palace striker Connor Wickham? And Connor Wickham still play, with respect to Connor, yeah. feels like he's been around since that first picture of the Premier at the start of the Premier League in oh, nineteen ninety-two. just know, he feels like he's been around How the game old is a he long now? time. They um, to put his age on it. He's got to be what thirty. Three thirty-four. I mean, I'd have said he was about 25.
3: <laughs> I know what you times
2: mean. Pa- yeah, as you get older, Andy, time passes uh, much quicker. I mean, he, he was a fine player, had a lot of uh, injury issues. Of 29, 29. Years. 29. Yeah, 29. Sorry, Connor, if you're listening, I've just put four years on you. But do you know what I mean? He's a name that's been around the game yeah, yeah. for such a long time. But uh, yeah, Lee was- Hendry
3: was a bit like that. For years, young, he, really? he was always young Lee Hendry to me. What's, what's he? I think most people are, aren't they? I like Lee. We met him up in Birmingham. He's really good on football. He, he is very good. good. Yeah, very, very good. So, anything else, Andy? Um, it's the star and uh, the star. The Times are asking today in their fashion. It's easy to get mixed up. Exactly. <laughs> Would you wear ripped jeans if you're over forty? I probably wouldn't wouldn't not unless I kind of caught them on something being a clumsy over 40 year old I mean I'm a fashion victim but it's one fashion I've never understood I can't I hate the ripped jean I just don't get it something you throw out basically the ripped jean not for me okay Brian so I wouldn't personally There you go. Okay, well, you know, everybody uh, makes their own decisions, don't they? (laughs) True. Uh, Do you want to add nothing? A text from S.T. Vaughan of Birmingham. Mm. This year's Commonwealth Games have been a fantastic bonanza of sport, music and spectacle. Cheers. (laughs) What's the point, mate? Ghost stories. Not quite ghost stories. I mentioned earlier on that um, one
2: of the questions Andy had in the uh, Paddy Power quiz was, uh, Mm. was there a a haunted... um, Rowing machine at the Chelsea ground. I, I don't know. That was that the question, oh, maybe <laughs> no, I made that the question. There,
3: no, what was? What did Thomas Tuchel say was haunted?
2: Oh, that yeah, about that was Chelsea. It.
3: And uh, yeah, the rowing machine at the Chelsea training ground.
2: But apparently it wasn't. But uh, we said there's there's no kind of ghost stories around football, is there? No one ever really says, "Oh, this the infamous story of no, X no, that's at true. this famous Like, like uh,
3: what's it called the. Place where all the cricketers stay outside of Durham, uh, Lumley Castle. Oh yeah, that's right.
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah. That There's was been a, a cricket few cricket ghosts, cricket ghost stories, but no um, football ghost stories. Uh, this comes from Tom. Uh, Don Revy famously believed Alan Rowe was plagued by a curse due to several high-profile mishaps and brought um, mediators and psychics in to try to lift the curse. Safe to say, it didn't really work. This was uh, circa 1992. This was. In 1995, my dad's making one... win
3: they the title that year,
2: though. What, 1992? Oh, yeah. I'm oh, sorry, excluding oh, 1992. Sorry. I do apologise. <laughs> yeah.
3: Not that curse.
2: No. Um... In, we've had curse stories because yeah. we were saying Barry Fry having a, oh, yeah. having a jimmy on each corner of the but pitch ghosts. when they couldn't win a game mm. but not ghosts my 1995 in 1995 my dad's mate bought a Ford Granada that once belonged to Matt Busby he lived in Leeds and every time he'd drive past Ellen Road the car would conk out and the electrics would go mad no really <laughs> ran like a dream everywhere <laughs> yeah, else he says
3: can't be true probably probably not good tale
2: probably not mattie beautifully made up <laughs> yeah. but if got some, uh, If you've got some ghostly tales around the world of football, we'll certainly take those from you. Talksport.com, text 81089. The Hawksby and Jacobs
1: Daily Podcast.
0: Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side?
2: Samantha Jacobs here on Talksport. We're joined in the studio once again by author James Montague. His book, "When Friday Comes: Football Revolution in the Middle East and the Road to Qatar," has been uh, updated. Uh, good afternoon, James. Good, good to see afternoon. You. Thanks for having me on. It's mm. a pleasure. You first went on this sort of tour of Middle Eastern football. What's it? 2004. Yeah,
6: 2004. I, I ended. I went to Dubai because mm. I uh, couldn't get a job in journalism, and uh, <laughs> it was really difficult. So uh, I saw an advert for Time Out Dubai. Uh, as an, as the uh, shopping editor and I went out there <laughs> and uh, and so when I was out there I kept on seeing all these kind of crazy football stories that were really emblematic of wider kind of political issues um and you know there was crazy stories like sectarianism in the Lebanese league like Hezbollah owned a football club there in Yemen like all the football national team football players failed drugs tests because everybody was chewing this nas- this like local leaf drug called kat for instance <laughs> no. and in Qatar they had you know, all this money and they were investing it in this brand new league which they were trying to do to improve their national team so they could qualify for the World Cup and they got Gabriel Batistuta to go out there, um Desai to go out there, the De Boer brothers, um, you know, just filled it full of these stars on their one last big contract mm. and so I went out there in 2005 to interview Desai. and, you know, what, I've basically over the past kind of 15, 20 years watched Qatar grow from this kind of small place with big ambitions to kind of almost becoming you know, obviously a World Cup host, but an international mm. pariah at the same time, and it's been it's it's really been a hell of a journey. So I wanted to update when Friday comes. Not just about Qatar, also about Egypt. A lot of mm. people I've met during the early stages of the book have gone on to have roles in the revolutions in the Arab Spring, and so uh, you know, especially Iran. England will be playing at, yeah, at yeah, the World so Cup, right. of and course. the USA, of course, yeah, replay of the '98 kind of mm. mother of all games. So. Mm. So yeah, the, luckily my publisher asked me to to update it, and so there's it's, it's almost a new book really. But um, mm. yeah, it's, it's been a, it's been a pleasure being allowed to delve back into. A bit emotional, really. Reading, reading stuff you've written like 20 years ago. You know? yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: I mean, the the region has extensive uh, influence now, doesn't it? Manchester City, PSG, Newcastle. You know, it really has come on a ton, hasn't it? Since you
6: yeah. Wrote the book. I, so when it came out in 2008. I remember there was actually a joke in a Guardian once about, like, they made a joke about the most obscure topic they could think of. And they made a joke about an expert on Middle Eastern football, which kind of was what they weren't aiming at me, but it was like, you know, it was like a punchline. And the week the book came out, Sheikh Mansour buys Manchester City. And suddenly everybody was like, oh, we need to get a Middle Eastern football writer somehow. <laughs> and I was like, I was the only one who was writing about it in English. And since then, you've seen. The growth. I mean, in terms of power, not just money in the game, but also in the corridors of power mm. of football. You've seen the rise of the Gulf states. First, the UAE um, with Manchester City, which, although not state-owned, is certainly a tool of of state influence. And uh, Qatar at PSG um, within UEFA, within FIFA, and now we've had the Public Investment Fund, the the the, the, the PIF, the um, Saudi um, sovereign wealth fund, who have bought essentially 80% of, of Newcastle United. And now we see the Saudis are, you know, in golf. We've seen it with, with the recent mm. uh, new golf tournament, the Breakaway Golf League or whatever it's called, LIV. Um, and you see this kind of uh, Saudi money being poured into it. And the amount of, same thing's going to be happening, in, it's happening in FIFA, in African football. So it's gone from being a, a punchline of a joke to actually now the Middle East is pretty much the the driving financial and political power in world football.
3: Yeah. The same in boxing as well. A big in boxing, too. yeah, yeah. yeah. What, what do you say to people who say that you should never have gone to Qatar?
6: It's um so I'm a bit conflicted by this because I mean I've I've spent a lot of time in the Middle East writing about and watching and and, and you know seeing Middle Eastern football culture and it's a real thing. It's a obsessively followed sport. You can go, I mean, I went to the uh, Tehran Derby, for instance, and there was 120,000 people there. I mean, all men, because women are banned from going. But, you know, you'd go to, uh, in Jordan, the Oman Derby, or the big derby between wakhdad and, and um, Faizali. And it's, and it's, you know, the, the passion is there. The fan culture is there. So, the idea that there is no fan culture in the Middle East is, you know, or, or no football culture is, isn't isn't correct. So it, the Middle East deserved to have a, a World Cup. The problem was that there's no one really that had the infrastructure or the money to do it. Qatar, the UAE, maybe, but they had obviously the, I mean, there's no way you should have a summer World Cup there. I don't know if you've been to Dubai or anywhere like that in the summer, but like 50 degree heat, it's absolutely impossible to play football. So I was, I was kind of in favour of a World Cup in the Middle East. Qatar was probably the only place that could really do it. And... The, one of the big issues for me that's come out because they've won the World Cup is that there is global visibility now to what I think is one of the great economic crimes of the 21st century, which is kafala and the exploitation of millions and millions of migrant workers in this kind of almost system of indentured slavery. And, it's, and, it's, and this exists in the UAE, exists in Saudi Arabia, uh, much worse than in Qatar. But because the World Cup was attached to Qatar, people started paying some kind of attention to it and there has been some kind of reform mm. process now it's not perfect um but it's but it, it's better than it was when you it, first it, went
2: there in yeah i mean I,
6: I have a i have a whatsapp group of, of workers I've, who i've met over the years some some people I've, I've seen the most appalling conditions that people have lived in and um i keep in touch with them and they tell me how things some, for some people it has improved minimum wages have improved electronic payments have improved um Conditions have improved.
2: Would that not have happened? You don't think that would There's No work? way that would
6: even... I mean, look at look at the UAE. The UAE hasn't got any any of the kind of um, attention that Qatar's got. And if you ask any worker, any Indian, Bangladeshi, Pakistani worker, would they rather work in Doha or Riyadh or Abu Dhabi? They would always say Doha because the, the conditions are so much worse. Because they don't need to reform. They don't care. Mm. But because... Um, Qatar's name. I mean, they've beat, they've had the World Cup bid for twelve years, and that's a long time for the press mm. to kind of take chunks out of it. Sure. So they have been dragged kicking and screaming to a reform process. It's, it's a long answer, but hmm. I will I, verge. I, I've always gone on the side of yes rather than no, even though there was all sorts of issues about alleged corruption around the bid. There was, there's been alleged corruption around almost every bid. Going back all to Germany in 2016. Yeah. remain about
3: LGBTQT, women, yeah. fans attending, drinking, all yeah. these things are going well, I mean, you went over
2: for the World Club Cup, yeah. and I don't remember really on their best behaviour, but, I mean, yeah. and you get that at World Cups. We got that in Russia, obviously. Yeah. You do sometimes feel you're being slightly played, and it's not a, a definite real reflection of the way life is all the time when a World Cup's on. It's mm. been Disneyland. Mm. So, what was your feeling when you went there? How, what sort of World Cup are you expecting
6: um it's going to be a small world cup um i mean qatar is only 50 miles across um so and it's got a brand new metro system you know you are going to be able to see two or three games a day it is possible for you to do that um if you can get a hotel because it seems to be pretty difficult Mm. at the moment to do that um in terms of alcohol of course there's there, there is a cultural issue you know if you go to the if everywhere i traveled around the middle east you'd find some people that drank but if you met young people they there's no culture of drinking you're more mm. likely to kind of smoke hash with a kid than you are with than than get a beer of someone mm. so there isn't this idea that you don't have bars on every corner you know it is very expensive to drink there it's not a very socially acceptable thing to drink when we went there or when i went there for the club world cup they they have these kind of um, they they put them out a little bit in the in the sticks like on on golf courses in the middle of the desert but you know, a pint was a fiver. I mean, it, it did feel a bit like a after the Lord Mayor show, like there was a big stage, no one was there. <laughs> but the World Cup, there will be, you know, it w- there will be places w- where you can drink. But I think this World Cup is probably going to be, um, it's going to be an exhibition, I think, of what Arab football culture and Persian football culture. So I think the Iranians are going to take big numbers there, mm. and that is going to be. So it's going to be, a, it's going to be a kind of once in a lifetime experience to see. For for normal people to see Middle Eastern football culture in its mm. in, in natural environment, but as, as natural environment as it could be, but I think it's going to be a lot like the um, the Japan and, and South Korea World Cup in that it's going it, it is going to be expensive for people to travel there. It's going to be expensive to stay there, um, and I think a lot of people are going to be put off by that. And it, and also, there's been a twelve twelve years of negative publicity. So you know, I think it's there's in terms of English fans going out there, I'm not sure there's going to be that many that go
3: yeah no. how will Qatar do there because um, home nation success always helps a World Cup yeah. you know we, we kind of wanted Russia to do alright because we knew it would keep the interest going so um, I mean looking yeah, at their, they've got Ecuador Senegal and uh, and Holland yeah Just not, it's not an easy
2: group it's, it's not, not the most difficult
6: Um I mean, when when I start, when I first went in two thousand and five, the national team was a mess. They used, um, I mean, FIFA had to change the rules because they kept naturalising players from Paraguay, yeah. Uruguay, uh, Spain, um, and there's still a couple of the holdovers from. So that, they
2: did in athletics for a while, which they've as done well, in athletics because of, sort of course, flag I mean, a convenience. Yeah, thing. I
6: mean, this is this is a tiny, tiny country. I mean, eighty, ninety percent of the population are. Our, our migrant workers, but what they did, and I was at the opening of this the Aspire Academy, which I thought at the time was a glorified, you know, sports hall. And I was there; they they paid millions of dollars for Maradona and Pelé to go and open it. and And I thought, why are they spending so much money here? And strategically, they were thinking long term because that has become like a forward operating base for them to look for talent around the world in Africa and other places, and in the Middle East and in Qatar. Bring it at a very young age, nurture it, and so they now have a kind of Kind of multi ethnic national team of extremely young players who have been in Qatar since the age of five, feel Qatari, as well as kind of, you know, Qatari born players. And they've put together uh, under the coach Felix Sanchez, who came through the Barcelona system. Mm like a, a, a pretty decent side. I mean, I've I've watched them play a couple of times um, and they've been, they've gone and played in um, South in South American competition. They were, they were a ghost team in UEFA qualification. And of course, they're Asian champions. Uh, they beat Japan in the final of the Asia Cup. And so they're probably the best team in Asia. So that's, I mean, whether you put any, I mean, there are, I mean, Japan usually spring a surprise or two at the World yeah. Cup. And so... I think Qatar have got, you know, they've got a chance. They've got a chance getting out of their group. And it's, um, you know, it's testament really to the, to the long-term planning that they've, that they've put in it. And, and to be honest, a huge amount of money. I mean, they've, been, they've even been buying football clubs in places like Belgium. Erpen, which is a second division team. They bought it specifically by the Aspire Zone, So they could then funnel their players into it. And same in, in Spain, they bought teams that they could funnel players in there and get kind of um, experience in Europe. So, it's an extremely strategic long-term thing all built for this moment all Mm. built for the moment they can go to the World Cup and have a team that that won't embarrass them
2: interesting isn't it Mm. and uh, just finally the the fan experience potentially when you're at the Club World Cup somebody put up a anti-FIFA banner which you started to film and the police uh, waded in didn't they and so I think we keep hearing these stories that you know don't step out of line because you know they will deal with it
6: yeah. yeah is that, was that, it, has that been the same experience. with any World it, Cup it, yeah it is the same and I suppose it was the same in Russia although I think the police are so bad in Russia that they're actually on better behaviour than they normally were hmm. but in, yeah, when I went there, it was I think it was the first time pyro had ever been used in the Qatari stadium. You know, there's not a lot of civil disobedience in football stadiums in Qatar when you go to a league game. I mean, there's not many people that turn up for the league games. But it's... um Yeah, I was there and I saw, because obviously Esperance, they have a great... In Tunisia, they have a great ultra scene, so they had this really boisterous group of fans. And the police didn't really know how to handle it. And they went in, batons first, tried to take my phone off me, tried to arrest me for filming it. So they're... they're but then on other occasions I saw lots of boisterous Mexican fans on, on the kind of metro system and they'd obviously been told to step back they were right, uncomfortable yeah. with it but they watched it happen mm-hmm. so I mean it's a learning curve for them um, as much as it will be for us when we're there but it will be you know it's a very controversial World Cup but I, I, do, I do think it's going to be a fascinating experience if you well, can get in, if is, you get are there, you you gonna are you going? Are you going to be there? I'm trying to get accredited, but I don't think they want me. So oh, I I'm going to try. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
2: Well, uh, hmm. the new book, or oh, the the the, uh, the revised and updated version of uh, When Friday Comes, is out now. Uh, just remind us it's published by, it's published by... E-bree, E-bree, I penguin. Yeah, yeah.
6: Comes out tomorrow.
2: Comes out tomorrow, fantastic. Well, good, good. to see you again, James, and uh, no doubt we'll we'll catch up with you again before the start of the World Cup. Or cool. see you in Doha. Oh, yes, maybe. well, who knows? knows? We'll make it, thanks a lot.
1: <laughs> the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast.
2: Well, there we are. That was this afternoon's show. And, yes, we have launched a separate podcast. You can find out more about it at Talksport, the TalkSport Plus channel at Apple Podcasts. It's going to be ad-free for all the H&J Daily and Clips of the Week podcasts. We'll have a couple of exclusive podcasts every month for you, a kind of extra Clips of the Week one, mm. uh, and a sort of director's cut of some of the, our favourite clips, and all that stuff that Andy never gets round to. We'll <laughs> hoover that up. Ages of it. All these mad <laughs> stories that he assembles that we never get to do will do on the new podcast. So the first of it's uh, up there at the moment. You could subscribe now Talksport Plus on Apple Podcasts for a 14-day free trial and after that it's 2.99 a month if you so wish. We've got some special podcasts coming up. Uh, so uh, do hope you can subscribe. But uh, for now, this is all free and gratis as always. And you can join us on the show tomorrow from one, if not podcast available at four. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs daily
1: podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between one and 4pm on Talk Sport.